Welcome to the Living in the 66 podcast, a podcast ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Each week we'll approach God's Word with the question, how do we live as people of God's Word? How do we best glorify God through our lives in obedience to His Word? In today's episode, we'll be asking the question, what do believers receive in Christ? Let's listen now. Okay, so last week we talked about how salvation happens. We talked about, uh, do we add God into our lives or does God add us? And looking at the first part of Ephesians, we saw that it was, is God that adds us. How amazing is that, guys? So good. Today we're going to be looking at what happens in Christ. And there are three in him statements in this section that tell us what happens to us in Christ. So I want to start off with a question to you two. What's a membership you are a part of, and what does it entail for you? Yeah, so we've mentioned this a little bit before, but I, uh, I have a gym membership at Crunch Fitness in Whippy, and uh, I actually love my membership there because a part of the one that I have, I'm allowed to bring somebody with me for absolutely free, and uh, when they mean free, they mean free. They don't even take your phone number and hassle them calling to try to get that person to get a membership um it's always been they've they've left that person alone that's amazing uh, yeah it's, it's incredible because most gyms when they say oh yeah you can bring a friend yeah they bring your friend because they want to force your friend into getting a membership themselves yeah. but not not with this one so it's pretty cool yeah yeah and i have a costco membership and you know being a costco member means you get to go to costco and get uh sometimes a unnecessary amount of stuff but it's a good deal so you know you might get a little more than you need but it's a good price and you'll use it eventually i have a pretty cool membership it's my family membership mm. <laughs> to get into my family you have to have a secret handshake code nice <laughs> it's true we actually have this code and some of the young adults know the code so when they when they do the handshake that means they're part of my membership there you cool. go yeah. cool how come yeah. we don't want the i know handshake we're going to have to talk about that off air. We're with this guy every day, right? <laughs> we don't want to broadcast the handshake over, uh, over a podcast. It's so true. We've been doing it for like 10 years. <laughs> well, although we know from last week that our salvation is ultimately for God's glory, let's talk about that salvation transaction today. So just like a gym membership or Costco membership or Pastor Nick, your family membership, <laughs> it entitles us to certain things. Let's learn about what is entailed in our salvation, our predestination, our adoption in Christ. We quoted John Piper last week talking about how God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. So, so let's talk about our satisfaction. What happens for the believer in Christ? What happens for you and I in Christ? Matt, why don't you read uh, the passage to kick us off here? Absolutely. Okay, so let's read Ephesians chapter 1 beginning at verse 7. I'll be reading from the uh, CSB here. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ, as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth, in him in him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will 
so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Excellent. Thanks, Matt. There's a lot in there, and as we're talking about living in the 66, it's very important for us uh, when we're looking at any of God's scripture to take a slow walk through. So let's break it down. I heard three in him statements, so let's unpack those and figure out what those mean and what they mean to our lives. Absolutely. So let's look at the first one here. I'm going to reread uh, just a few verses, 7 to 10, so we can refresh our memories. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Great. So thank you for that refresher, that reminder. Let's look at some of these key words. In him we have redemption. What do you think that means, guys? What do you think redemption means? Well, I uh, took a look at this in uh, one of the Bible dictionaries that I have, and I love the, I quoted, I just wrote it down because I love the, love the definition they gave. Uh, they say that it's deliverance from some evil by payment of a price. Mm. So deliverance from evil by payment of a price. And I just think of this picture of bringing... Uh, something beautiful out of brokenness, yeah. uh, and uh, just kind of that that picture of what that word redemption means. Yeah, that's really cool, just mm -hmm. thinking about that in our everyday walk, uh, what Christ has done for us. Mm. What do we receive redemption through? I think that's a good question. Well, here it says that it is, it's through Christ's blood. So that, going back to your, your definition, of all those things, it's uh, it's the deliverance uh, through a price. Mm. Then the price in this in this case would be Christ's blood mm. to be shed. Mm. Well, what does God forgive us of? Our trespasses, our trespasses against Him. Okay, what are trespasses? Like for the everyday listener who's like, "Hey, let's check out this podcast," uh, and we're talking about trespassing. What is that? How would you share it to them? That's a really actually a really good question because we especially if you read through the psalms we see mm -hmm. sins trespasses iniquities transgressions and uh it's like what what are the differences between between them and pretty much they're all the same like it's all they're all stemming from sin it's all sin but they they're different slightly depending on which specific word you use for that uh, occasion of sin right yeah when i hear the word trespass i think of uh, like a sign that you may see when you come up to someone's private property mm. it says no trespassing mm -hmm. um, so to trespass onto their property is to uh, is to violate the the rule that they set out mm -hmm. it's to it's to go into an area that you shouldn't be in um, it's to it's ultimately to violate violate the person who put out that sign um, and when we think of our trespasses against God, I think of, I think of us crossing that that boundary line mm -hmm. that He has mm -hmm. set for the for the good of His creation. Uh, so whenever we 
whenever we step over that line and uh, sin against God mm. and mm-hmm. go beyond the boundary that he has set for his creation. Yeah, that's good. I think just even looking back in my life before becoming a pastor, learning about trespasses and sins and things like that, like, I was really oblivious to what were those sins that I was trespassing against. Mm-hmm. Because a lot yeah. of us, like, we don't, a lot of people might not read God's word. Right. So they don't know that they're living in sin. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember one deacon really kind of highlighting one sin over another sin in my life uh, as I was, I wasn't to Christ yet, but he was working with me and he was, he was highlighting these things and he was sharing, like, this is a sin. Right. And I was totally oblivious to that. Mm. I was like, that's a mm. sin? Mm. God's mad at that? Mm. Like, mm. I'm hurting God by doing that? Mm. He's yeah. like, absolutely. Mm. And sometimes we can be oblivious to the things that... So I think it's important yeah. that we actually do read what God's Word says, and right. we actually do live in the 60s. Right? Yeah. yeah. Good job, guys. Uh, our trespasses. According, based on the asking a few more questions, according to what... Uh, according to the riches of what? His grace. Hmm. Yeah, his grace. What is grace? Do we know that? Do you know what that means? Because that might be a, a question someone asks. Yeah, more big words here. Unmerited favor. Now, what is unmerited? Yeah. Faith simply, um, we don't deserve what God has given us. Yeah. We don't deserve, you know, salvation. We yeah. don't deserve to be brought into his presence and and in fellowship with him. Mm. Um, but by this favor solely from him... Mm. We've got it. Yeah. Very cool. Grace is amazing. Mm. Amazing grace. How does he decide to save? How does God do it? Well, according to the passage, it's according to his good pleasure. According to his choosing. It's mm. beautiful. You know, one thing that stands out going off of that question to me always in this passage is verse 10. It says that he sent Christ as a plan at the right time. You know, thousands of years passed between God's promise to send a Savior in Genesis 3 and Christ's arrival. That's a, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of waiting. Yeah. And how many of us, myself included, would consider God's timing late in sending Christ? Mm. Like, the fall happened. I would think the, the sending of the Savior should be immediate. Mm-hmm. But God's plan involves sending Christ at the right time, which we see being thousands of years later. Yeah, you're right. And God all also saves at the right time. His time is always perfect. That moment when each person is saved by God and enters in a relationship with him is always the right time according to his purposes. And I know just even speaking with young adults, like how often are we praying for people in our family? Mm. Like we, we just pray, like, please pray for my sister or my brother that they would come to know the Lord. And sometimes we get frustrated when they don't, come to the Lord, mm-hmm. come to know mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. on our timetable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was frustrated. There's mm-hmm. lots of people in my family who are not saved. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to be so frustrated, like, why why isn't this happening? Mm-hmm. But his time is always perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, It's a real wrestle. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So, like, if you're listening today and you're praying for someone, remember, keep praying. Like, and, mm-hmm. and remember that God has purpose and he has great timing. And, in, and his timing is always right. Amen. Yeah. So let me throw this question out there. How does knowing we've been redeemed through forgiveness change the way we live? So we're talking about what happens for the believer in Christ. And this first in Christ statement is that we have redemption. So how does knowing 
we have been redeemed through forgiveness change the way we live. Matt, how does it change your life? Yeah, I, I believe that uh, it's taking, again, taking it back to the price. Well, we've been, we've been bought. So the way it changes the way that, that, that I live is knowing that I'm no longer my own, mm. right? I have been, you know, I was, I was a slave to something over here. I was property of something over here. And through Christ, a price was paid to buy my life. Mm. I still don't own my life. I still don't own my life. Mm. Somebody else owns my life, and it just so happens that it's it's Christ. Mm. So I try to live with that mindset of of waking up and asking the Lord, um, what is it that you want to do through me today? So now instead of praying and asking God, um, what can I do for you today? The wording has changed a little bit, and it's, God, what do you want to do through me today? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Mm. And I think it makes a difference. Yeah. What about you, Pastor Nick? How does how does knowing that you've been redeemed through forgiveness in Christ change the way that you live? That's an awesome question. I think it takes me back to the day uh, I believe that God saved my life, mm. like seriously woke me up from my my death <clears throat> into new life. I remember being at the church and the pastor was pe- preaching about grace. This mm. unforgiving, this. Uh, undeserving merit undeserving favor and the pastor was talking about like in christ he redeems us Mm. in christ he forgives us Mm. and you're not too far off and it felt like no one else was in the room i felt like he was just talking to me and saying like everything that you continue to strive for is going to fall short Mm. because you're trying to do it on your own Mm. and all the things that you've done in your life uh, you've really made a mess of your life Mm. and i remember in that season of life i was trying to do a whole bunch of things on my own Mm. but I had so much shame and guilt mm. and sometimes we just want to push that down and ignore it but this pastor that day was talking about forgiveness and how how I could have a new life in Christ mm. guys it was the weirdest moment I got up from my seat in the middle of the sermon mm. and walked right to the front looked up at the pastor and said like what do I do now <laughs> <laughs> like I want this amazing grace I want this forgiveness mm. so knowing that I have been forgiven uh, that I've been redeemed knowing that I've been given the gift of faith, um, it causes you to live completely mm. different. Mm. So you go from that darkness to light. You go from an enemy of, of God to a child of God mm. yeah. in, in adoption. I know we'll probably talk about that later mm. in the future, but that's what it means to me. Just mm. know that I'm forgiven, mm. knowing that I'm a child of God, knowing that I have been gifted by God, mm. knowing that I have the Holy Spirit. Mm. I believe I can face each day, mm. not in my own strength at all. Mm. Mm in his strength yeah Yeah, I know for me uh, it's easy for me to uh, come under the um, how do I say this come under the thought process the thinking of the world of needing to perform to succeed and needing to uh, needing to live a certain way in order to gain certain things and uh, achieve certain things when in reality, in my relationship with Christ, I actually don't have to perform to be redeemed. Mm. Because in mm. Christ, I've already been redeemed. So that pressure and uh, the, the stress that that can cause to have to try and uh, measure up. Mm. In Christ, he's already measured up for me. Mm. 
So then that actually frees me to perform not perform not in a not in a bad way or in a, a negative way, but it actually frees me to be able to live for Christ without the burden of worrying how I'm how I'm doing on the scorecard today with God. Yeah. And it's not it doesn't it doesn't lead to apathy or laziness, but it actually drives me to realize that in Christ, because I've already been redeemed, I can actually live for Him. Mm-hmm. It's so freeing. Mm-hmm. It is free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking about walking alongside of a, a younger a younger guy, just kind of giving him just like some discipleship, and he talked about just his struggle with social media, and how social media is just kind of like you're always almost begging for likes, mm-hmm. like you're always looking for those little little icons that that give give you acceptance and tell you how amazing you are, and he said it was just so exhausting mm-hmm. to try to live up to that every day have to put the best picture with the best quote or whatever. He, he said it was just so exhausting. Mm. And then he realized that in Christ, mm. he's not over, not only liked, he, that he is loved. Mm. And that he is just wasting his life trying to almost buy favor with people yeah. that he doesn't even know. Yeah. Mm. And he's wasting time when he, be, he can get to know the one who truly, really loves him. Mm. It was a breakthrough moment for him. Yeah. Mm. It was phenomenal to actually see mm. him like understand that. Like he got off social media, now he's just walking, walking, walking really well with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first, in Him we've been redeemed. Now we're gonna look at the second one, a uh, couple verses that we'll we we'll read here again, verses eleven and twelve. In Him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the One who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of His will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. So in him we have received an inheritance. What's an inheritance? I think, I think it, uh, an inheritance would be something that someone else has earned, but we receive. Yeah, that's a great definition. I'm going to stick with dance. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> that's good. So what's the inheritance that we have received in Christ? Oh, I love this. It's our relationship with God. It's this eternal life. It's something that Christ went... He lived a perfect life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he needed to live mm-hmm. that perfect life. And often we talk about Christ's death. Mm. But he needed the perfect life to qualify to give us his righteousness. So mm. we talk about the great exchange from Second Second Corinthians. Like We give God our sin, and God gives us the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it is our relationship with God, eternal life. Mm. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, correct. So why do we receive this inheritance? What's the, what's the purpose? Well, we, we receive this inheritance because we've been predestined. We've been chosen according to God's goodwill. And the purpose? Bring praise to God. Yeah. Give glory to Him. You know, talking about inheritance, inheritances, oh man, talking about inheritances uh, reminds me of a sermon I heard by Tim Keller once. It was on the text in Mark, on the rich young ruler, talking about inheriting eternal life. But a point that really stuck with me is that in order, you know, when we talk about inheritances as a biological thing or a family thing, uh, someone has to die. Usually we receive an inheritance mm-hmm. when uh, maybe a grandparent or a parent or someone, someone passes away and we receive an inheritance from them. To receive an inheritance, someone has to die. And when we talk about spiritual inheritance that we inherit in Christ, we have to realize that we are beneficiaries of this inheritance. We are recipients of this inheritance because Christ died. Mm -hmm. That's something we're so thankful for. Mm -hmm. 
He is. Absolutely. So knowing that we've got this inheritance, we have that future hope, how does that change the way that we live right now, guys? Do you guys have any personal examples of how uh, this has changed your life? Yeah, something that comes to mind for me is I've received this this inheritance and this future hope of, of the fulfillment of this inheritance, the consummation of it, but also... As as Dan said, like somebody's gotta gotta die for another to receive an inheritance. Mm. Um, I want to leave my sons, my children, mm. this inheritance. Not that I can do it, you know, on myself. God's gotta already have chosen them and and give them saving faith and and all of that. But I do have a role in passing on mm. what I have received, passing on what I have taught, passing on. Hopefully, Lord willing, by the grace of God, every day, a good godly example in the outworking of my life onto my children um, so that they too can participate in this great salvation, this great inheritance that we ourselves have, have received. Yeah. So that's something that's totally changed and, and helps me to be disciplined or try to be disciplined every day. It's like, this, this isn't about me. Mm. Well, not only, right? Yeah. All those coming after me as well. Mm. I think for me is knowing that I have this inheritance from Christ is I don't want to waste it. Mm. Like he has given us something that costs so, it's so costly, gave his life so that we could live. And then sometimes I can get in the, get in certain seasons where we can be really selfish, right? Mm. It can be all about us. And I think that's where brothers and sisters in the church, it would be good for us to remind ourselves of this inheritance that we have been given by Christ so that we don't waste time. Mm. I th- like, I've, I'm an honest moment, boys, guys. I've, like, wasted a lot of time in my life. Mm. Like, that I wish I could redeem, not wish, but I ask God for forgiveness that my future time that he has given to me, mm. that I don't waste. Mm. Like, make sure I'm spending it on quality things that bring glory and honor to his name, mm. but also build up those around me. Mm. Even, like, trying to watch my mouth in the way, like, we talk about people. Like, I'm really loving just this season of do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. How many times in, like, even the last month have I caught myself thinking, like, like if someone was saying something and I could jump in on the story, like, or jump in and add something. Mm -hmm. But it would, if there's that danger of it wouldn't be building someone up, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm not engaging in that because there's no, there's no benefit to that anymore. Mm -hmm. So, like, just not wasting what God has mm. really done for us. Mm. Like, it's so intense. He died. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd say I fall in pretty, pretty similar to what you said, Pastor Nick, because as far as I want to think about this makes me want to live in a way that's worthy of this inheritance and not in a way that we have to um, do something to receive it, but knowing that we are already benefiting from this inheritance, it spurs me on to live worthy of it live mm. live in a way mm. that christ desires us i'd rather i'd rather invest in my future hope over my current reality over mm. my current possessions knowing that this inheritance part of this inheritance is eternal life with god you know i think of that rope illustration that mm. you know we've all probably seen a bunch of times but it just reigns so true how short life is here and the reality of eternity being the forever thing that i'd rather be investing in that so then that's convicting when I think about how much time I waste. Yeah. And uh, like that, you know, it might not be even bad stuff, but what does Paul say about um, 
Just because something good doesn't mean it's going to be helpful. Yeah. So looking for makes me want to look for the helpful things. Yeah. And invest good in those. Good point. Mm-hmm. So let let's just make each other make sure that we keep each other accountable. On yeah. Those things. Yeah. Like I think it's it's good for brothers to be able to speak into each other's lives and mm. give it, each other permission to say, hey, is that beneficial? Mm. Is that helpful mm. to you or to others or to the church or to the name of Jesus? Mm. So, like, guys, as we move forward in life, doing life together, I think that's important for us. I know we do that, mm. but it's always good to remind each other. Mm. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so first, in him we've been redeemed. Second, in him we receive an inheritance. Let's look at our, our third one. Uh, coming from verses 13 and 14. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. So in him we are sealed with the Spirit. What does that even mean? means that the spirit's in us and he can never be taken away from us we are sealed sealed with the spirit sealed there's a definite there's a definiteness to that word we've been sealed there's a closing behind mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and not opening mm-hmm. right like a non-breaking non-opening yeah okay so when do we get this uh get sealed with the holy spirit when does this happen when does this go down well i believe when we enter into the salvation aspect with God. When we come to saving faith, mm. we enter into this relationship with God. We are sealed. Uh, we are given the Holy Spirit, but when we are given, it is sealed. Mm. Like said. Okay, so what does it mean that the Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance? Well, I think it means that we experience our future hope in our current reality. So what I mean by that is... Um, we have a future hope that we are going to be in perfect dwelling with God forever. Mm-hmm. And that is so exciting. Like, I can't wait to get to that moment. But the reality is, is we live right now having that future hope, but not experiencing that future hope yet. But God still gives us an experience of it mm. by putting his spirit in us. It's like I think of, you know, you're going to buy a house. This is often where we hear that word down payment come from. Mm-hmm. 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 You put the down payment on the house. You have the future hope, maybe, no matter how many years or decades it might be before you can pay off the whole thing, that you're going to own your house mm-hmm. fully one day. But the down payment is like a, it's like a, it's a little experience of, you know, I've, I've bit off a, a good chunk or a, a starting chunk of, of this ownership. Um, in the same way, we look ahead to our future hope, being perfectly dwelling with God. Mm-hmm. But in this mm-hmm. current moment... He's dwelling in us, mm-hmm. and it's not the reality that we're going to experience, but it's a little, it's a little taste of that experience that we're gonna get, mm-hmm. and it's a sweet taste. Yeah, just on a personal level, when Laura, when Laura was battling through her sickness, mm-hmm. um, we talked about heaven a lot. Mm-hmm. We talked about like entering into glory. Mm-hmm. We talked about the spirit, the deposit of the spirit in our life. Mm-hmm. I remember just very clearly when we were in the palliative ward, we just had a moment where she was very clear and she was talking about what it's going to be like in heaven. And we talked about it like this. You've been given the spirit. Mm-hmm. And one of these days soon, you're going to breathe your last breath, but you're going to wake up in the presence of God mm-hmm. because of the spirit mm-hmm. that you've been sealed with. Mm-hmm. And like, so it does give us great hope because a lot of us are afraid to die. Mm-hmm. 
But Laura was not afraid to die because she knew she had the spirit mm. as the depositor, as the guarantor in her life, or as the guarantee mm. um, of her of her inheritance. Mm. Yeah. Which would she would richly dwell with Christ, and she is right now. Mm. Praise be the Lord. Mm. That's one of the things that, like when you read about, we do not grieve like those who are outsiders. Uh, we grieve a little bit differently. Like one of the things that brings me comfort every day when I get up and I'm trying to do life without my my rib, my spouse, is that I know because of what Christ did mm-hmm. and continues to do for many, she is with him. She is mm. protected mm. because of what the Spirit does mm. for us. Mm. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, and this is this is such a beautiful truth. It is so meaningful that we've been sealed and, and, and dwelled with the Spirit. Um, one way this has changed my life is that it, it completely changes the way I live. I don't have to worry about, you know, performing, just as you mentioned earlier, uh, Dan, um, we don't have to worry about relying on our, our own strength to live in obedience to God. He gives us the, the strength. He gives us, like literally we were incapable of being obedient mm. to God before this, this transaction took place. And because of the work of Christ, we now have the ability mm. to, to do that. It's mm. just, it's so huge. And mm. how many people out there um, you feel like you're just not able to to measure measure up. Mm. Well, there's hope. Mm-hmm. We've been sealed with the spirit. We've been sealed with the spirit. Mm. Yeah, and I think people, and I, we probably struggle with this one time in our life, but we have circumstantial faith. Mm. Depending on the circumstance, how we feel emotionally, kind of, we make a judgment call: is is God really for me, or mm. am I still saved, or mm-hmm. like because I don't feel it. It's dangerous to just rely on our emotions. We right. should stand upon the foundation of the truth. Mm. And I love how John Piper always says, you got to preach that truth to yourself until mm-hmm. you sing with confidence mm-hmm. that you know that you are saved. Mm. How many times have I preached that mm. <laughs> to myself? Mm. So, yeah. I think another huge thing this ceiling, and it goes off what you just said, Pastor Nick, about circumstantial faith and kind of these seasons that we go up and down, is that when we are sealed, we can't become unsealed. So, you know, when I give in to temptation, when I sin, the enemy tries to tell me, tries to tell uh, children of God that I, they, are out of God's love. And it's easy to become fearful of God's response because we sin and we think, oh, I just got myself further from God today or uh, I just got him to get upset at me today. And uh, we think of this fickle love between us and God. When in reality, God is quick to mercy and slow to anger. Mm. When often, I know I live often in how I think and how I act, that God's quick to anger and slow to mercy. When really, he's quick to mercy, slow to anger, and tells us that nothing can take us out of his hand. Nothing can remove his spirit from in us. Nothing can unseal uh, unseal us in Christ. It's it's so relieving to know mm-hmm. that we are secure in Christ. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I believe there are many who may be even listening, and people that we know that struggle with this. They, they struggle to know if they are saved. Mm. And if you're listening today and you're thinking of that and you believe that you do have the Spirit, seek the Lord with all your heart. Mm. Draw closer to Him. Mm. If there are things going on in your life, if you're continuing to live in sin, confess your sin and turn from it, and, and God will forgive you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the Lord and you're listening to this, the Bible actually says those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. Call on Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who has gone to the cross, who has taken your place. He lived a perfect life, 
died a sinner's death in our place so that we could live with the righteousness of Christ and grow in the mercy of God. Mm. So I would pray. I pray for you, and I, I urge you even today to turn to Jesus. Mm. And if you are a follower of Christ, there is grace for you. Mm. Undeserved favor and merit that, the, that you can claim. So take it. Matt, won't you close in prayer? Sure. Our Father in heaven, you are good. You are good first and foremost because of who you are. The essence of, of who you are. You are holy. You are perfect in, in all your ways. And Father, we, we also praise you and, and, and thank you um, for what you have done. What you have done through sending your son, Jesus, our, our Savior, and, and all the things that we are in him. We are redeemed. We, we have received an inheritance. We have been sealed by your spirit. God, when, when you set out and you set this salvation plan in, in motion way back when, you pulled out all the stops. You didn't just buy us back, but you have given us more than we can imagine in Christ. We thank you for that. Father, we pray that we would understand our redemption, understand our inheritance, understand our being sealed with your spirit on such a practical level that this isn't just head knowledge for, for us or for anybody listening, but that this head knowledge would so transform our hearts on the deepest level that it would be expressed in the way that we live that is so glorifying to you. The word here says that all of us is to bring praise to you. So may it be so. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to stay up to date with everything going on, connect with us on Instagram at CalvaryBCOshawaYA or on Facebook at Calvary Young Adults. Until next time, have a great week living in the 66.